what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. travelers and welcome once again to the before and after show as always i'm your co-host mj smith and i am your other faithful co-host ryan well ryan well did you give yourself a spooky bookie halloween name <laughs> well <laughs> i want to talk about movies <laughs> the best part about that is we're not doing a single halloween movie across any of the shows except maybe nightmare before christmas counts yeah. <laughs> um, this is the closest we're getting, actually, is Miss Peregrine's home for peculiar, peculiar children. <laughs> Accent remains. Yes. Um, but before we get into that, have you been watching anything this week, Ryan? Yeah, actually, uh, just today I watched Saving Private Ryan. Oh, I and I indeed found out Tom Hanks can cry. Oh. Do you remember the scene? It's right after that one guy, the medic, dies. Is it in the church? Uh... No, it's after when they take out that machine gun nest, just before they find um, Private Ryan or Matt Damon's character. Oh, okay. And the medic guy who gave that long speech about how he would wait up all night to find his mom, mm-hmm. da, da 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 And then as he's dying, he cries a very emotional scene. Yeah. He calls out for his mommy. And then Tom Hanks kind of takes a moment off from the rest of the squad mm. and sits down and... He's looking at a map that they got from a German, and he just loses it. And I was like, "Oh, dude, dude can pull the tear teardrops when need be." So, uh, great movie. Yeah, uh, super depressing. Yeah, you've and... seen it before, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. multiple times. But it, it had been at least a couple years since I'd seen it last. And I love the movie except for the last line with Tom Hanks just earn this. Earn this. I never care for that because really, I I don't like it. it it's from a christian point of view it seems a little like how could one man earn all this death and carnage yeah for his life so it kind of ended on a sour note for me still an amazing movie but mm-hmm. that's the one part i've always been like eh, could do without my favorite scene in that movie is matt damon telling the story about his brothers in the yeah. barn yeah oh gosh rumor has it he made that story up I remember you telling me about that yeah like which on is, the spot yeah which is amazing that's an amazing piece of acting and if you like learned it probably from robin williams i'm sure oh yeah yeah that was a year <laughs> after so mm-hmm. that makes sense actually because he improved a bunch of the stuff about his the, wife and goodwill hunting yeah the fart scene and how yeah. she would fart and sleep like such a sweet intimate scene and he made it up on the spot yep yeah blows my mind yeah. Oh man, I love I love Saving Private Ryan. There's an excellent writer or an excellent not writer, an excellent video from Nerdwriter mm-hmm. about the opening sequence and how that opening sequence is like super chaotic and you know it really captures the feeling of being there on D-Day. Mm-hmm. But it's about how unchaotic that whole thing is and how meticulously Spielberg shot it. Yeah. In that entire opening sequence there are exactly 200 camera cuts. 
You don't just end up at 200 camera cuts on accident. No, that's that's a planned endeavor right there. Yeah. Um, it's it's this full analysis of it. It's amazing. It's an amazing video, and yeah. I recommend watching it if you have any interest in, like, editing and stuff. It's fascinating, and also, you know, it's Spielberg, so it's an analysis of, like, one of the best ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's really good, and it made me appreciate that movie even more, and I already love that movie to death yeah. it's so good that's a fantastic movie yeah um i also got to see zootopia oh okay. which is a fun little kid movie yeah about uh, anim- anapomorphic. anthropomorphic thank you that's a word i can't say uh animals that was pretty cute a little bit predictable but yeah it was overall I liked it a lot i really liked the world in that movie like it the did. world of zootopia is great the mythology they set up was interesting mm-hmm. um and the actors that they got to do the different parts, Jason Bateman played the fox, and the lady who plays Snow White in the... Um, Once Upon a Once Time. Once Upon a Time. Mm-hmm. She played the bunny. Yes. Um, overall, yeah, it was really good. And then I, uh, for the heck of it, I watched The Good, The Bad, and The Weird again. Oh, man, I love that movie. Which is amazing. Yeah. Such a good movie. That's a good one. Um, let's see, what did I get a chance to watch? I saw... I saw a movie called Don't Think Twice. Hmm. Um, it's from Mike Birbiglia. I don't know if you know who he is. He's a stand-up comedian. Um, this guy. Oh, I know that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So Mike Birbiglia is a stand-up comedian who, he started as kind of a traditional stand-up and then transitioned into doing these kind of one-man show, uh, very heavily themed around one particular aspect of his life Hmm. type of stories. His first foray into that is is called sleepwalk with me it's an amazing hour-long uh one-man show slash stand-up special i I don't think there's video of it available but there's um audio of it it's an audio cd so you can listen to it on spotify or whatever but it's i really love it it's about he's got this very rare sleepwalking disorder where he sleepwalks very intensely and he actually almost died as a result he jumped out of the window of a hotel he was sleeping in Uh. yeah like straight up out the window um and the doctors basically said the only reason he lived is because his body was relaxed because he was asleep and he hit a pool i'm assuming no he hit the ground and got up and started running because in his brain his dream was that the government was telling him there are homing missiles coming for you (laughs) and so he freaked out and jumped out the window to save everyone in the room and but then he like he fell onto the ground and then got up and his his brain like he was still dreaming and the missiles were still after him and so he just kept running and he had like glass in his body and stuff and oh. like he like woke up running down the street covered in blood in his underwear and was like what like a werewolf and <laughs> had to had to walk back to the hotel to be like, hey, I'm the guy who just jumped out the window. Also, can you please call me an ambulance? ambulance. Oh, guy. Yeah. Um, and so he actually, he, I don't know if he still does this. I know he's pretty heavily medicated for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how effective the medication is, but I know there was a certain period of his life where he had to sleep in a sleeping bag zipped all the way up with mittens on so he couldn't undo the sleeping bag zipper yeah um and uh, i don't know if that's how he still sleeps but that was his first like foray into that he turned that into a movie okay and it's an excellent movie it's one of my favorite comedy movies probably ever Mm. but definitely one of the best ones of the last probably 15 or 20 years it's 
it's an incredible movie. I've seen it like four or five times, and I don't Dang. watch comedies that often. Yeah. Um, I watched called? what's it called? Sleep, again? Sleepwalk with me. Sleepwalk. Okay. Um. So he, this is his second movie as a director. It's called Don't Think Twice, and in this one he plays. Uh, it's less autobiographical, I think. Mm. Um, it's maybe more of a hybrid than the previous one. The previous one was just a story about his life. Yeah. This one, he plays a guy who's in an improv group, uh, you know, and so he, I don't know what his background with improv comedy is. I know he's a stand-up comedian, but I don't know if he does any improv. Um, and so it's this group of improv people in New York, and they're, um, they're a fairly popular New York improv group, and one of the people in their group ends up on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. And so it's them having to deal with their friend just got crazy famous overnight and is like chilling with super powerful people now. Mm-hmm. And these guys are still in relative obscurity <clears throat> besides like to super hardcore improv comedy nerds. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of the new guy on the block. And so, you know, he... The guy who gets on to Saturday Night Live, it's called Weekend Live on the show, <laughs> or in the movie. Yeah. Um, but the guy who ends up on Weekend Live is a former student of Mike Birbiglia's character. And so okay. he's just like, man, like, I taught you everything you know, and they won't take me. Like, what the heck? Like, the reason you're so good at this is because I taught you. Like, yeah. you were my student, and then we brought you into this group. And so it's them kind of dealing with jealousy and the guy is in a relationship with one of the other people in the uh, in the improv group. So it's kind of her having to deal with, you know, suddenly my boyfriend is crazy famous. Yeah. And I'm still doing this, you know, and like no one really cares about me, but like they all give a crap about him and I'm part of his, like I'm a big part of this guy's life. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just like her having to like deal with that and, you know, Saturday Night Live is notoriously, like, crazy busy. Yeah. And it's just a really hectic show to be on. And so he's just always gone. And so she doesn't get a lot of attention from him. And it's just kind of them dealing with that. At the same time, the theater where they perform is getting shut down. And so they don't really have a spot to perform in anymore. And so it's just kind of them dealing with maybe the end of an era for yeah. them in their lives. And so it's it's a, it's a story about chapters coming to a close. Okay. And it's super good. Um, it's it's still a comedy, but it's not as laugh out loud. None of them are like laugh riots. Yeah. Um, but it's it's much more dramatic than the fir- than Sleepwalk with Me, and uh, it's really well acted. The cast is really good. Mike Birbiglia is in it. Um, the guy who ends up on Weekend Live is Keegan Michael Key from Key and Peele. Oh, nice. Yep. And then the woman that he's in a relationship with is Gillian Jacobs, who plays Britta on Community. Oh. And okay. they're all three of them are excellent yeah. in the movie. Um, it's really good. And it's just kind of, I don't know, maybe it just hit me at the right time thematically about mm. like, you know, Birbiglia's character's uh, journey is just, just like, you know, I've been at this for so long and that's not really paid off. And do, is it, do I continue or do I not? And he ultimately has to make a decision of like, do I even want to keep going down this path? Mm. And so, and they all kind of hit that wall. At, and and that's one of the things I liked is there's not really a main character in it. Like, Berbiglia wrote and directed it and his character is the focus of it for the beginning. But then there's maybe 20 minutes where he's not even in the movie. 
And I was like, what the heck? Like, just, it's structurally really, really interesting. And, like, yeah. I don't know, it just does some stuff that I've never really seen before. And it's 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 good. And then hmm. you can tell that they did, I think they did the improv for real, it seems like. Like the improv, like legitimate improv mm-hmm. in the movie? Every, every scene of them doing improv starts the exact same, because it's always at the beginning of one of their shows, and they always do the same thing at the beginning of their shows. <clears throat> but it changes based on the audience suggestion, so it... Starts with Britta saying, has anyone had a particularly tough day? And then someone says, like, something that happened to them. And then they improv a scene around that. Yeah. But it seems like the improv is real. Yeah. Um, Or at the the very least, they had, you know, they had clearly written, has anyone had a tough day? And then they had clearly written what the response was from the audience member. And then they improv the scene. So it was this really interesting blend of, like, you, you knew it was real but then also it was a little scripted, and so it just, it doesn't, it feels a, just really different. It feels okay. very unique. So it kind of toes the line very well. Yes. Yeah, and I like that. It's also got uh, Kate Micucci in it, who is... No idea who that is. She's one half of the comedy duo Garfunkel and Oates. Oh, the blonde or the brunette? The brunette, the one brunette. with the giant eyes. Oh, Yeah, okay. she's a member of the group. It's, it's like kind of a who's who of comedy people. Yeah. So if you're a big comedy nerd, you'll recognize some people, um... And yeah, I really liked it. It's it's really good. Uh, nice. Yeah, it's it's and just kind of watching them have to deal with Key on on Saturday Night Live is really good, and sort of what that world is like. And um, the guy they got to play Lorne Michaels is amazing. Like mm-hmm. I don't know who who he is, but he does a perfect approximation of Lorne Michaels. It's super great. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so that's I think that's the only thing I saw outside of. Miss Peregrine. Miss Peregrine. Um, let's talk some news. New York Comic Con just happened. Yes. And we got a bunch of news out of New York Comic Con. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we'll save the biggie for the last, the one that we're most excited about. But <laughs> yeah, uh, we got a trailer for Iron Fist, which I actually still haven't seen. Have you seen it? I have. Uh, it looks interesting. Okay. <laughs> I'm kind of the the Marvel TV shows are kind of wearing on me now. Yeah. A little bit like they're a little long. A little long. Um. I really only care about Daredevil, and I'm super excited for the Punisher one that comes out next year. Uh-huh. But other than that, I really couldn't care for Jessica Jones, Luke Cage. Did you watch either one of those? I haven't, but they don't really interest me. Like, I know the characters, but to me, and this is true in the comics, they're not really good lead characters. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, they're they're really good kind of peripheral characters, like amongst other superheroes. Like, mm-hmm. they play well, but... It's just my opinion. There are others that would disagree, but to me, they just they don't have the same kind of a gritty story. You know, like Daredevil does yeah. extremely well. He's he's meant to be in the limelight, but the other ones, eh, yeah, you know. And the trailer for Iron Fist looked fine. Uh, it looked. I mean, I'll, maybe I'll watch it. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I could care less one way or the other. Okay. So the next thing is we finally saw the Defenders all assembled for the first time together yeah. and found out that Sigourney Weaver is going to be their main villain. Um, but they didn't give a character name as far as I know. I think she'll be Madame Hydra. Or okay. I think last time you talked about they're setting up... Serpent Society? Yeah. yeah. So she might be Queen Snake. I don't remember. There, there, There's a technical name, but I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. But, um... Yeah, it seems like Luke Cage is setting up Ser- Serpent Society. Because, yeah. like... Black Mamba, Cottonmouth, and Diamondback are all in it. Yeah. 
which seems pretty telling. So. Something's going on there. But it'll have to be a big threat, and there's not a whole lot of older female villains in the Marvel Universe, so I'm not sure what role she could she could fill. I liked this movie better when it was called Chronicle. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've seen it twice now. I did. I wasn't super into it the first time. I wasn't super into it the second time. But the, fir- <laughs> the first time I was like, okay, this is Chronicle meets The Breakfast Club. Yep. Um, they give them superpowers outside of the suits, which I thought was bonkers. I was like, that's yeah. super weird. Um, I do think Elizabeth Banks looks like she knows exactly how to play Rita Repulsa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she's going to be a very good Rita. Mm. Um, it looks like she's the only one actually having fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of teen angst. Yeah. Um, but what I did appreciate about it is I thought it was a very good teaser trailer. Mm. I thought it did a good job being a tease of what's to come, and I thought it did a good job trying to get us to buy into this stuff and outside of all the iconography we're familiar with. You know, they don't no. show us the Zords. They don't show us the henchmen. They don't show us that much of Rita until the very end. They don't show us them in the suits. You know, they don't show sure. us Zordon. They don't show us Alpha 5. You know, we had to buy into this on its own merits, and whether or not we did is on us. And I don't think it was that, like, I don't think I necessarily did, but they at least tried to make us care outside of just the, quote, cool stuff. Yeah. And so I appreciate that. I think that's a really smart direction to go. Not resting on what came before. Exactly. Let's invest in this new interpretation. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I think it was a good sales pitch on what they're trying to do. Um, And... Whereas I think any other studio may have been like, let's put all the cool stuff in this one. Get people excited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I I liked that part of it. Yeah. Um, what else? We got a new, uh, we got a War for the Planet of the Apes kind of teaser. Yeah, teaser for that, which I was I thought was really good. Got Andy Serkis kind of doing a voiceover of an image of, it's either snow or ash. I'm I think more inclined to, to think it's ash. Yeah kind of falling and as it falls on the screen you kind of it makes an outline of caesar and basically he's talking about war is coming and yeah. i'm super excited because i love that the that franchise uh, me that too they, those first done. two are incredible well yeah, i knew it was amazing when the second one was even better than the first oh my gosh how it tied things mm-hmm. from the first into the second like it's a coherent world and yeah i love that when movie franchises do that well and that second one's so good it's just yeah. such a good movie man it is. um Matt Reeves uh, directed it, director mm-hmm. of Cloverfield and Let Me In, uh, which I love Cloverfield. I've done a lot of talking about Cloverfield on this show. Uh, <laughs> I love I love that movie so much. And then Let Me In is a remake of Let the Right One In, which is a Swedish uh, vampire movie. I really like Let the Right One In. Let Me In is good, but it's probably better if you haven't seen the Swedish version because it's so similar. Mm. Not a bad thing because, I mean... Staying faithful to what came before. And also what came before is really good. Yeah. So, um, although it has my favorite car crash scene in any movie I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, just the way he shot it was, uh, like, mind-blowing to me. I think about that scene, like, anytime I see another car crash in a movie, I think about that scene and let me in. <laughs> um, nice. And then he did Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, the second one, which is amazing. Is he doing the third one? And he's doing War for okay. the Planet of the Apes, which I'm super excited about. Yeah. Yeah, I'm... I'm fully on board with that movie, man. And then the biggie. Yeah. Uh, we got a trailer for John Wick Chapter 2. Oh, 
so good. It's so good. So good. It's so good. <laughs> Everything you'd want in a sequel. Uh, John Wick cast. Let's do it. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I'm so crazy excited for it. So yeah. it's the continuation of John Wick 2. It happens four days after John Wick 1, which is so dumb and I love it. And he is going to make good on a blood oath he swore when he retired, um, saying that he would never get back in the game. And now that he has and has murdered kind of a lot of powerful people, he's got to go answer for to that. Mm. And uh, so he travels to Rome and starts murdering folks in Rome. <laughs> that's basically all I know. And that's, that's all we need to know. Oh my gosh. Uh, cool. Uh, we'll take a short break and be back to talk about... Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Do you have music this time? scooby dop ba I don't know. I mean, I guess it takes place in the 40s. I'll allow it. talk about miss Pennyman's home for peculiar children and it is a the new movie by tim burton mm-hmm. and it's based off a series of young adult novels by the same name at least uh, they fall under that category i think they all have subtitles so i believe it's a trilogy of books and this first movie or first book also likely i haven't read them um focuses on a kid named jack his grandfather is mysteriously murdered and leaves him kind of a cryptic message about a bird and an island in England or in Wales specifically so um he goes to Wales to find the bird or the the orphanage that his grandpa told him tall tales about when he was a child and his parents are terrible and unsupportive (laughs) and they think that the stories his grandpa told them were just that stories that a grandpa tells a child and none of this actually happened to the grandpa. Jack finds out that all of this happened to the grandpa, and he finds Miss Peregrine's home for peculiar children, <laughs> and uh, learns that he himself is a peculiar, <laughs> which is the stand-in term for mutants at yep. this uh, Xavier's home for gifted children, <laughs> and. That there is a certain sect of um, peculiars who are, they were scientists and their their backstory is a little convoluted, so I may not get this right. They were scientists and they were trying to extract the powers from the most powerful of the peculiars, which are the headmistresses of these homes for children. And as a result, they turned into these crazy, like, almost like Cthulhu meets Slenderman type creatures called Hollows. And then they found out that if they eat the eyeballs of Peculiars, they will turn back into people. Not only Peculiars, but little children Peculiars. Yes. And Mm. uh, Samuel L. Jackson plays the leader of this group of people trying to uh, go through um, these homes and assault them and eat their eyeballs to become humans while also capturing the headmistresses to try to perform their experiments a second time to see if they can extract their powers. So 
It's a little complicated. Yeah. Uh, and it's not particularly well told. Um, but that's Tim Burton for you. Uh, and along the way, Jack learns a thing or two about himself and what his powers are and how he can help the team. And he brings these people together, falls in love, etc., etc. <laughs> saves the day and everything's fun. And, uh, part two's on the way. I don't know if part two's on the way, but, yeah. um, yeah. What did you think of this movie? Uh, I'm real middle, middle of the road for it. I thought, um, I thought most of the actors did good. Like mm-hmm. the, the their character performances were pretty good. Eva Green was really good. I thought she, she was, was the best. The best. Part of the whole movie. I think she was the best. I knew I was in for trouble though when the opening kind of sequence of the story is between Jack kind of finding his grandfather. His grandfather had been murdered, and the actor that played his grandfather was so terrible. Like his just performance was. So, it was a British guy, and I've seen this guy in other movies. He played General Zod, General man. General Zod and Christopher Reeves movie. Terrence Stamp. Terrence Stamp. He was in Phantom Menace in a very small part, Star Wars Episode One. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen him be, he's a good actor. But in this one, I just didn't buy him as this grandfather figure. He looked mm-hmm. like a Shakespearean actor <laughs> standing in. Like, there was, you didn't feel like this grandfather-grandson relationship. It just mm. felt like, let me tell you a story, young Jake, about when I was young. You know, it just felt very fake. and mm-hmm. very, You know, I just, I didn't like him in the movie at all. Um, and, and and the guy, was it Jack or Jake? Jack. I Jack. Uh, his character was okay. Um, it was an interesting story. And the mythology they built up was all right. Um, but overall, just some the pacing issues that came with yeah. it. Like, mm-hmm how things were set up and it was either really really fast where i think they needed to slow it down or it was really really slow where it needed to pick up the pace and kind of get the story going and the villain payoff was kind of lackluster it was confusing it was very confusing um they they built up these horrible things these hollow men who seem like they're a lovecraftian mm-hmm. you know uh, nightmare or something um, but then when they, when you, when you first get to see them for reals, it's just kind of a throwaway scene and it kind of lose, it lost its oomph, if that makes any sense mm-hmm. for me. Um, and I'm not, I'm not gonna lie about towards when they, the carnival, when oh, Jack uh-huh. comes back, I kind of lost interest. I was like, okay, let's, let's wrap this up. Let's, you know, he saves the day, children, yay. Um, I did like the peculiar powers of the kids. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I thought the children, the child actors they got was in, were interesting. Um, the powers they had. And again, Eva Green was amazing. I thought she was awesome. But yeah, just kind of, eh, for me. How about you? I liked it. Um, I didn't really, really like it, but I liked it. I liked it probably a lot more than I thought I was going to. Mm. I did think it was plagued by pacing issues. I thought there was far too much exposition in it and i thought we were getting exposition far too late in the movie we're getting exposition right up until the climax of the movie like it is spewing information at us for the bulk of the movie and uh i did not like that it took forever for the villain to one show up or to be explained yeah it was it took forever for that crap and like i so it leads to a long stretch of the movie that feels completely aimless because there's no stakes. So, you know, you f- go to the home and you meet the kids and you're like, okay, these kids are cool and their powers are cool and they're all pretty well defined. And 
um, you know, there's the stakes of they're in the time loop, and if they miss the time loop, then the home gets destroyed and they all die. And if they come back to our time, the years will catch up with them after more than a few minutes, even though they fight for what seems like two hours. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, you know, they will die if they come to our timeline, so they have to find, like, a 1942 timeline or 43 timeline, but they can't live at the home anymore. And so you get those stakes, but those aren't the real stakes of the movie. The real stakes of the movie lie in Samuel L. Jackson and his group of characters trying to get all the, uh, I think they're called inbrings, although the way they say it sounds like inbreeds. Mm. Inbrings are the headmistresses of these homes. They're the most powerful ones. They can turn into various birds, but they also have control over time. Mm. And so that's kind of what sets them apart. They are that's why they are the matriarchs of these uh, of this peculiar society because they have the strongest powers. Um, and that's why Samuel L. Jackson and his lot are after them specifically. Yeah. So. Just, you know, we get, we do find all that out, but the way we find it out is very bad. Yeah. Uh, um, and the editing is really choppy in spots. Really choppy. There's some garbage editing in this movie. Like, there's a scene where Jack is meeting... I don't remember the character's name, but he's meeting this character who can reanimate dead things oh yeah that one kid yeah and he you know there's this the scene that i actually it's really creepy but i really liked it where he <laughs> it's it plays like kind of like a toy fight in sid's room yeah uh from toy story but, um, but way creepier yeah and you know the kid puts these like tiny fake hearts into these little dolls that are like weird little contraptions and they like they come to life and they're like stop motion and they fight each other and stuff and it's like pretty great and then he has like this creepy line about like oh it's way better with real people you should have seen the fun i had at my parents mortuary and it's like whoa what um <laughs> and then end of scene and he's talking to the main girl he's talking yeah. like, he's talking to two side characters and then he's like you should have seen the fun i had at the my parents uh funeral parlor and then he's all of a, jack is all of a sudden talking to the main girl in the movie and i was like it took me like two or three seconds into the edit to realize the scene had changed at all yeah i thought he was still talking to them and nope he's picking out his outfit for dinner that night with the main girl and i was like what ah it was really jarring yeah. there's a few edits there's more than a few edits like that in the movie um all that to be said uh, i think tim burton uh, he's not a storyteller necessarily mm. he's a stylist yes and visuals are, are king mm -hmm. to him I yes think. and i think there's a lot of cool style in the movie i think there's he does a good juxtaposition of of you know the island in wales in 2016 and what 1943 peculiar land looks like i think he does a good job of like juxtaposing those things i think the looks of all the characters are really good and interesting they're very I think they're very Tim Burton-y without feeling like a parody of Tim Burton, the way he sometimes can, you know, still a lot of pale people with big eyes and pastels. Yeah. But I think the way he does it feels in line to where, you know, you look at it and you go, I know that's Tim Burton, but it doesn't feel like you would make fun of Tim Burton for it, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it's actually some of the strongest work he's done in a long time. I think a lot of that has to do with Eva Green is great in the role. She's clearly having a lot of fun yeah. and... Um, I want to see a sequel just to see more of Eva Green's character. I like her mm. as an actress anyway, and she's really good in it. Like, she was just, she was really charming, and 
you know, yeah. you got the sense that she gave a crap about these kids and was very maternal towards them. And, like, I thought it was great every time she was smoking her pipe. And I was going to say, the, the, we first meet her at the door with this big old Sherlock Holmes pipe. Just yeah. Just, like, fumes pouring out her mouth. And I thought, what an interesting way yeah. to meet the character. Yeah, I thought so, too. I thought that was great. Um, you know, I think there are little character touches that are really great across the whole movie. But, um, you know, I even liked Jack. I thought Asa Butterfield was, like, a really good Jack. I Mm. thought he was the perfect conduit for the audience discovering this world. He's a little bland, but a lot of these protagonists kind of are. Like, Harry Potter is a little bland, I think. True. (laughs) Um, true. Which would make sense, because you can kind of paint yourself onto mm -hmm. a blank canvas, if you will. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I think Asa Butterfield did a good job. Um, I liked his chemistry with the main girl. I mm-hmm. thought she was really charming. Like, I thought everyone was really charming in this movie, and yeah. it, it really worked. Um, so I liked spending time with these characters. But yeah, it's it's got a lot of pacing issues. Um, the climax is this crazy town fight in this carnival uh, where the kids start using their powers, but they are also using the elements of the circus. Uh, around them and that really worked for me i thought that was great that was very fun to me the part i did enjoy was samuel watching samuel jackson oh man he's unhinged he's on another planet would you call it overacting or just samuel jacksoning he's just chewing the scenery the way samuel l jackson can chew the scenery yeah um yeah i liked it too i think in any other actor's hands it would be way too much yeah um, but I think because he's Samuel L. Jackson, you're just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I buy it. Yeah, he's got some great lines in it. Uh, he's He's got some ridiculous... Uh, oh, man, I don't even remember what it was. He says something ridiculous when he goes to f- take the powers of the Inbrings. Like, I, he doesn't say it's showtime, but he says something similar to that. It's yeah, ridiculous. My favorite was his line about the Tic Tac. Oh, yeah. Where the girl whose peculiarity is is air. Mm -hmm. As a way, I'm trying not to phrase it, but she's holding him up by spewing forth air. See where I'm going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holding up against the wall, and he's, like, monologuing, and the the last line is like, and girl, you need a tic-tac. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. I thought that was great. Um, I liked that there's some really good visual jokes in this movie that I thought were really funny. Yeah. Uh, there's, so the, the, when they are in, when this group of scientists who become the, the hollow people are in their hollow form, they're invisible to most people except Jack and Jack can see them. Yeah. That's his peculiarity. Yeah. That's his, his special power is he can, he can see these invisible creatures. And so he can tell people where they are. And so he's the only one who can see them. So they're invisible to everyone else except him. And there's a scene where the final fight happens in public. And there's like these people cross, they're like crossing the road to get to the kids and there's still traffic. And these hollows are crossing the road and they're invisible. So just a car runs into the, one of the legs of the hollows and just like knocks him over for a minute. And I thought that was so funny. I thought that was hilarious. And then right after that, like a character who's one of, Samuel Jackson's henchman just gets taken out by a train mm-hmm. just out of nowhere and it was so like just caught me off guard and yeah. I thought it was great I thought there was some really funny stuff like that in the movie Judy Dench oh yeah Judy Dench shows up as a fellow inbring and gets murdered immediately <laughs> like I thought that was boss I yeah. thought that was such a funny choice uh 
you know, there's, she's in the middle of her rally in the troop speech and just wham, just like a hollow breaks through the wall and rips her out. And like, we never see her again. Assume she's gone. Yeah. And I thought that was super funny. I, I don't know. There's certain stuff like that really like gave me a lot of goodwill to the BS that we had to deal with. Yeah. Um, I thought it was great that the the kid who can reanimate things used all the skeletons that were left on the big Queen Mary ship that they rose. I thought that was a cool little touch. Yeah. And I thought the fight between the skeletons and the hollows was hysterically funny. Yeah, that was pretty um, cool. If only because it happens at this carnival and, you know, the kids shoot cotton candy and throw snowballs onto the hollows to make them visible to the naked eye. And I couldn't help but think what the people who were just there for a day at the pier were thinking. Yeah. Um, just like, did a bunch of old-timey kids murder a bunch of cotton candy snowball <laughs> monsters? Did that just happen? I, th- it was like certain things like that ca- really captured my imagination and I thought was great. So yeah. it's uneven. It's a certainly an uneven movie. But I liked spending time with these characters. I thought everyone was really uh, unique and charming, and I thought they gave—I thought they gave every character like their own defined personality. You know, I thought I got a good sense of who everyone was. Um, I thought the side characters are actually probably more interesting than the main characters. Yeah, a little bit. You know, uh, I th- I liked the twins, like their power when it got revealed. I thought that was great. That was terrifying. <laughs> Um, I, I, I really liked, I don't know. I liked a lot of that. It had a lot of charm to me. And mm-hmm. I think, I think Tim Burton really, I think you can tell he had fun. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Cause I like Tim Burton as a person. I like him as a stylist. I like him as an artist when he wants to be. I think he can be really good and really unique and have this like really like off kilter, fun, kooky vibe to him. But I think sometimes he just rests on that maybe a little too much mm. or maybe feels like he needs to play into a certain type mm. um, a little too much. And so I felt like the, he was letting his crazy hair down a little bit. Yeah. And I liked that. I liked just the sense that this movie had. And I just liked the vibe of it. Mm. And it had some pacing issues. The Both parents are terrible characters. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't help that Chris O'Dowd I can never take seriously because of the movie Rat Race. Yeah. Chris O'Dowd plays his dad, and I was just like, you're just the guy with the Tom piercing from Rat Race, man. Like, that's all you are to me <laughs> every a, time. Yeah. Doing a decent, somewhat decent American accent. He was, but... he's good in the movie, actually, but yeah. I just can never take that guy seriously. Um, and just the character is really bad. Like, mm. it's just a really bad character. Yeah. He's in a, he's in a great movie called Cavalry. Calvary. Calvary, yeah. He's in a great movie called Calvary and is a pivotal part of that movie. And I, I had a really hard time taking it seriously. Like, he's just forever ingrained in my brain as the guy from Rat Race. Mm-hmm. So, um, and uh, to, uh, as a rebuttal to your point about Terrence Stamp and the grandfather figure, um, this is like, don't cry for me, Argentina, but it's about to get a little bit real. I didn't grow up with a grandpa, so I don't know what a grandpa-grandson relationship is like. Um, so for me, like, I didn't, like, I wasn't like, duh, but it, I, like, it worked enough on me. Yeah. You know, I bought into it enough. See, to me, a good example of that on screen would be The Princess Bride. Okay, and yeah, yeah, And that yeah. actor with, like, that that kind of old man, kind of the, the tender grandfather, you know. Mm-hmm. Terrence Stamp, to me, was very 
wooden. Like, okay, I really like the scene where they showed him as a little kid and he was babysitting and had him up too late and was telling, like, showing him all the places to go. That was kind of a height when he was telling the story mm-hmm. and there was that that little bit of moment where he was like, oh, yes, and pulled the... The pictures out. That part I thought he actually, there's some, there was some meat to it. You mm-hmm. know, there, there was something, there was a spark to it. Yeah. But that was a very brief scene and the other scenes just felt kind of... Like I said, just that the Shakespearean thing just yeah. came across. and Yeah, but. it seemed like, oh, well, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen are already in the X-Men movies, <laughs> so we can't have them in this. Because that would be ironic. Uh, Christopher Lee died, so I guess Terrence Stamp. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, would you recommend people see the movie? Uh, yeah, I would say check it out. Uh, I know, I think it's a really good kid movie. Uh, uh, well, eh, good point. Uh, so there's there's some dark stuff in it, which I'm fine with because Tim Burton and the movie is PG-13. I thought it was PG, true. and so there was a lot where I was like, I can't believe this movie's rated PG, but it's rated PG-13. Yeah. it's very square in the PG-13 thing. I don't think it, you know, I don't think it pushes the envelope of PG-13 no. too much. But there are a couple scenes that yeah. make you go, that's disturbing. Yeah, there's um, some dark stuff. There's extended eyeball eating sequences, which I was not a fan yeah, of. Yeah, I sat next to him. That was fun to experience that with him. Just getting it. Um, just getting the side eye from my wife the whole time. Yeah. Just so bemused. She was so bemused by the <laughs> fact that I had to sit through this. Yeah. And I just looked at her and said, F this movie. <laughs> so let me, uh, let me, we changed it up. I think young adults. Yes. Maybe 12, 12 or older. Mm-hmm. Uh, good for that. Um, I, I personally didn't care for it. Um, I thought it was Okay. But I would still say, you know, go check it out, you know? Yeah, I think it's good enough, you know? Um, I think it's good enough to, like, rent on movie night. Yes. Yeah, I, I think it's a perfect red box movie night movie. Yes. You know, I it's, highly recommend that, yeah. I think it's a really good end of the work week, spend time with the family, order some pizza, go grab it from Redbox, and you'll have a really good time with it, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's just long enough to kill the night, but it's not so long you'll be up forever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, and it's, it's likable, you know, it's, it's a likable movie. It's very admirable, I think. And, you know, it's from a guy who we know is capable of doing good work and it's decent and it did its job in that I would see another one of these, um, Mm -hmm. pretty easily. I would spend more time with these characters for sure. Um, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of want to see where the story goes. I think the, the, where it leaves off is kind of cool with them on this, you know, big ocean liner and they kind of have this traveling home for peculiar children now. And, you know, maybe they're, I don't know where the story goes because I haven't read the books. So, you know, and and it does feel like maybe it it does work a little bit better as a book. Yeah, probably. But it it also, you know, I want to see them like maybe going around to the other homes for these children and picking them up. And now they have this, you know, this big boat of these, these peculiar peculiar entourage. Yeah. Just like a, (laughs) like a crew of them. Yeah. Um, that'd be cool. I'd be definitely willing to see another one just to see if they fix the mistakes that I felt were in the first one. Yeah. If they learn their lessons. Um, I think that's definitely possible. Yeah. I do too. Also, I would just watch Eva Green. Like, I would just watch, like, a Miss Peregrine origin story. Like, That'd be pretty cool. Honestly, I think I'd be more into the Miss Peregrine origin story than I am into Fantastic Beasts. Mm. I think I would. And just, like, 
just like how Eva Green got here. And like, I don't know. Maybe it's because I really like Eva Green and I don't like Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's I, it's cool. Like, yeah. yeah, why not? It's it's <laughs> it's uh, it's not bad. You know, it's not a bad movie. It's not history. horrible. Yeah, no, it's not how you know. Last last time, my my extreme disliking of Magnificent Seven. It's much better than it's Magnificent much Seven. better than that. So. I, I had a much better time watching this movie actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, much better than that one. Yeah, I yeah I was not real into Magnificent Seven. So, yeah, that'll do it, I guess, for this week. Um, as always, you can find me on Twitter at mjsmith891. Uh, Ryan's on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, you can find the show on Facebook, the Before and After Show, like our page over there. Uh, you can find everything we do at www.thatrealperspective.blogspot.com. That's that r-e-e-l perspective.blogspot.com and uh next week we'll be back to talk about jack reacher punches for everyone or whatever it's called (laughs) punches forever yep (laughs) love you punches jack reacher love you punches xoxo from america little (laughs) keese yep uh i'm actually uh, to tip my hand i'm pretty excited for that that's gonna be fun i think that'll be uh, a good action flick with like you were talking about last time like the first one but better yeah less talking more punching yes uh yep jack reacher uh never stop the punches you can't stop these punches you can't stop the punches um (laughs) (laughs) i just want an hour of that (laughs) that's all i want until next week go watch john wick yeah well you might get it because now all that's in my brain is you can't stop the punches Makana-san. Makana-san. <laughs> <laughs>